Hey, movie fans. Well, you asked for it. You got it. This is all your fault. But Anatomy of a Movie is back, and it's deader. I mean, it's better than ever. Stay tuned. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. Hey, movie fans. Yes, Anatomy of a Movie is back. Go figure. Where'd we go? I don't know. We were gone for a little while. Ah, listen to that crowd. Thank you, Ryan, for that. Let's get some soccer horns, too, because as as those who listen to the Howard Stern Show know, that is the sound of fun. And that's what anatomy of a movie is. Uh, first and foremost, my name is Dimitri Panos. Uh, I am one of the, well, one of the uh, original fathers of anatomy of a movie when we started this podcast about six years ago. Uh, the very first anatomy of a movie was, Ryan, do you know this? Actually, what? no, you were probably still in high school. <laughs> uh, <laughs> was, I don't uh, think I know what it is. Uh, it was Pacific Rim. Pacific wow. Rim was the very first anatomy of a movie. Um, and we've gotten about... I don't know, five million shows under our belts. And uh, then uh, some things happen. Life goes on, changes. Uh, 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 our, our captain, our captain, Phil's VTech, went off to some uh, greener pastures. Uh, not under the pastures. He's still above the pastures, but he's doing really well. Marissa Serafini uh, is off doing some other things, but you never know. Might be able to get him back here for a guest appearance. I know I would love that. I'm sure you you would too. Uh, and then the show just took a little bit of a hiatus. And thanks to the likes of Ryan, who's in the booth, who you heard laughing. Thank you. Um, and thank you, uh, because it was part of Ryan, uh, uh, Jeff, uh, Stephen, Kevin Undergaro, uh, their love of the show, my love of the show. And actually, believe it or not, your love of the show, the audience, uh, who many a times uh, you were able to follow me through Meet the Movie Press, or you follow, or you support me on Twitter. Uh, I, I, you had asked what happened to Anatomy of a Movie. Well, that's what happened to it, and now it's back. And I wanted to say thank you to all the the the, the people who wrote, who uh, would comment to say, "Hey, what happened? Is the show coming back?" I, I believe it or not, Ryan, I got a tweet just a few days ago, and the person even apologized. He goes, "Hey, I, I hope it's okay that I ask." Well, of course it's okay that you ask. Um, about anatomy of a movie. So we are back. And uh, I am working on uh, getting uh, another group of panelists who are equally as good and who know their movies. Um, some things uh, that you should know, too, as uh, yours, yours truly here, uh, working hard to be a movie reviewer and be credited for it. Uh, earlier this year, I was, uh, I was asked to join the Los Angeles uh, Online Film Critics Society, which is a fantastic honor for me. Not so much maybe for them now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's great to be on board and great to have that credential because with that credential, uh, I've been quoted in movie ads like Instant Family and uh, with help, um, I've been accredited and invited to uh, things like the Toronto International Film Festival, which I'm very excited to go to. Ooh, yes. Oh, I love the sound effects. So 
the all these changes I think are going to make anatomy of a movie better. So today is today is a let's call it a pilot show. It's it's the rise of the phoenix coming from the ashes. Anatomy of a movie is back, and today uh, you just get little old me just to talk anatomy. And, and to talk about some movies and, and this summer of movies, uh, and this one tent poll, uh, from movies that we've covered. Uh, I believe we've covered pretty much most, at least as, as since five. Ryan, when did Fast and Furious five come out? I believe Fast Five came out in 2010. 2010. 2010 so, or 2011. Yes. Yeah. So, so we were, we were doing, uh, no, was it that long ago? It 2010? Was. Yeah, and they did one every other Jesus. year. So I'm, I'm, I'll check that yeah, out right, right now. So we may not have done 10. It was 20, uh, it was 2011, actually. 2011. Summer of 2011. And then 6, Furious 6 came out in 2013. That's, we did Furious 6. So starting from 6 on up, we've done all the Fast and Furious movies. So why not come back and talk about... Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw. So, uh, so we're going to talk a little bit of Hobbs and Shaw. I know Ryan, you yourself are a big Fast and Furious fan. You have yet to see Hobbs and Shaw. Um, on one hand, I'm sorry, not because Hobbs and Shaw is a bad movie, but because this is anatomy of a movie. <laughs> and uh, one thing that you, the people who have watched Anatomy, know we spoil things. We talk plot points. We talk surprises or easter eggs so if you've yet if you haven't yet seen Hobbs and Shaw I would just click us off put us on pause go see the movie come back and watch the rest I don't want to ruin anything for you um and and you say well what can you ruin in a Fast and Furious movie there are some cool things that happen in the movie um that I don't want to take away from the fun. So see the movie, then come on back and watch. Uh, something else you should know about Anatomy, we always did our best to try to cover as many movies as possible. With that said, we want to um, pay attention to our indie darlings. So you'll hopefully get to see some breakdowns of some wonderful independent movies that will be coming out between now and the end of the year. Many of them may even be nominated for like Academy Awards and Golden Globes. So we want to incorporate that more into anatomy of a movie and give those movies a fair shake because, you know, again, this is something that the audiences had always asked for to do certain movies. And it just came around to there wasn't so much time to see so many movies, but now we're able to fit a little bit more in. So. Rest assured, we're going to cover some indie movies, uh, but why don't we get into this big tentpole, Hobbs and Shaw, and as we always open up with the show, it's 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 a opinion. Uh, so Hobbs and Shaw to me, look, I thought it was a wicked fun time at the movies. I saw it in IMAX, I saw it last night with a paying audience, and I had a really great time, and in, in major part because of Hobbs and Shaw, Dwayne Johnson, Jason Statham, who... In all honesty, they've, for me anyways, have become sort of kind of my favorite characters in the past few movies. I've enjoyed their banter. And in fact, it was their banter. I don't know if you knew this, Ryan, but Chris Morgan, the writer, it was their banter from the last movie where where, where Hobbs and Shaw were in jail cells. Yeah. And they were one-upping one oh, another. with the insults? With the insults. Uh-huh. 
that's that was the genesis for Hobbs and Shaw. Because wow. Morgan said, wow, what if, what if we just put these two in a movie together and how do we get that done? And voila, we get Hobbs and Shaw. Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw. And I got to agree. I mean, I thought they, they really became my favorite characters. And coming into this movie, what makes it a little bit different from a Fast and Furious movie? That's a, I mean, that's something I was asking myself while watching it. Listen, this movie is set in the Fast and Furious universe, a.k.a. laws of physics. Bye-bye. They need not apply here. Um, there's some character crossover, obviously. But where I say this sets it apart is now we're focusing on these two characters. It's as if they're having their own mission. And we're not part of the Toretto family. Family is still important here to Hobbs and Shaw, but it's just done in a different way. It's not as a group. It's just these two men. Uh, It's like a buddy, for, for lack of better words, it's a buddy cop movie in a sense. And I can tell you, from a buddy cop standpoint, it's far better than the earlier released Stuber. <laughs> I can say that for fact. And I can also say, as far as, I don't know how you folks have felt about this summer at the movies, but for the tent poles, for the live action tent poles, for me, it's kind of been a summer of meh. Hobbs and Shaw, to, to, that movie, to this movie's credit, I think this is one of the more... The, 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 the more fun movies to enjoy inside a cinema. And if you can see it in IMAX, too, it looks and sounds amazing. So that's one of those differences. We are not the Toretto. This isn't necessarily a heist movie. But I will say, from a plot perspective, uh, you know, we're not talking about anything greatly original here. Um you know, it's basically there's a virus. It kind of takes from Mission Impossible 2. There's a virus that the bad guys want to unleash on the world, get rid of the weak people, and start humanity anew. So, a little bit of Mission Impossible 2, a little bit of James Bond, Moonraker there. Uh, our villain, our main villain, is Idris Alba. He's played a villain many times before, very charismatic. He's he's fine here. He's good. He's a good villain. Um, you know, he's a little bit... Uh, he's upgraded himself, much like many of the cars in Fast and Furious. Uh, and, and he's definitely a presence. Uh, if you're a Nidris Alba fan, you'll enjoy him. I thought he was a much better villain in this movie than he was in, say, Star Trek Beyond, in which I felt that character that Idris played was a little bit cliché. Eaters here is an imposing force to be reckoned with, uh, and it takes Hobbs and Shaw and the likes of Vanessa Kirby to try and take him down. Now, another great thing about this movie that I loved uh, was the great Vanessa Kirby. You would remember her from uh, Mission Impossible Fallout. She was um, she was fantastic in that movie, right? You you liked her in, in, in Fallout, right? Oh, she was talk- so great in that film. She's so good, and, right? And good really presence. surprisingly great because up until that point, I feel like a lot of those characters that it's almost like in a Bond movie, not not necessarily a Bond girl, but a side character right. that um, you run into. They're, they're somewhat you know forgettable. They're here, either here nor there. But she, they, I remembered her character, and her character didn't um, 
didn't die in Fallout. I think no. because she was just so great in it. Like there's just opportunities with her because she gives such a great performance. Agreed. She was she was a good presence, right? And you would admit that in Mission Impossible Fallout, it was Rebecca Ferguson who gets who again another fantastic female character but she gets all the action right right we didn't see vanessa do much action but let me tell you uh here in hobbs and shaw this girl can take care of her own and she there are scenes in which she actually fights the rock wow and you believe it like she holds her own it, it, she's just great, and she has scene upon scene upon scene. Uh, she plays well. She she, she plays uh, Jason Statham, uh, who, who's uh, Shaw. She plays. Uh, she's her sister, his sister, essentially. And man, I, I gotta tell you, they went. She went to the tr- same training school. As as Mr. Tom Cruise and even Jason Statham, because I can tell you that she can act and she can perform stunts and do fights uh, like any guy in Hobbs and Shaw. She really was a breath of fresh air to watch. And I'm glad it just wasn't a, t- a testosterone filled movie. I mean, let's be honest, it is, <laughs> but uh, she really... As counter to that, it is really great to see her do a lot of great fight scenes, running, and just doing great action. She can hold a gun. She was fantastic. So I really, really liked her a lot. So she's a perfect reason. Another great reason to see this movie. And she's a lot of fun as well. So um, why don't I talk a little bit about about the writing. Uh, Chris Morgan, who's written... God, you know, he's been involved. uh, He's written a lot of these Fast and Furious movies. He's been part of the franchise now, I think, since five. You can check me on that. But I think since five, uh, with that uh, robbery heist in Brazil where they were towing a safe, I think, I think, and maybe even sooner. But if you can check on that for me. Absolutely. I'm checking it right now. Um, yeah, it looks like Chris Morgan was on board ever since Fast Five, and that's basically when I think the. Oh, actually, you know what? He actually had a little uh, tiny part for writing Tokyo Drift, so he's done okay. Tokyo Drift, the third one, Fast and Furious, the reprise title for the fourth one, five, six, seven, and I believe he did eight as well, The Fate of the Furious. So he's been on the past like six movies. Yeah, so he knows the franchise, and I'm glad you brought up um, a Tokyo Drift. Because that was about our character Han, right? Right, another and spinoff of sorts. Another, too. yeah, and and not only is it like a kind of a spinoff, but it also is a character that has factored into well Hobbs and Shaw, at least uh, at least with Shaw's side of things. Because um, if it was uh, which uh, Fast and Furious, we learn that it's Shaw who's responsible for. Han's death. Fast Five. The, Fast the five. very end credits of Fast right. Five. So, um, yeah, he's interwoven all of these storylines. And now we're getting this offshoot. And uh, just so that everybody knows, because this the Han timeline is sort of kind of like it was a prequel to some other Fast and Furious movies. And 
Like they don't go in necessary. They don't go in the order in which these movies were eventually released. So, uh, in case you're curious, uh, this one does fit in between Furious Eight, which is the last one, and uh, uh, Furious Nine, which will be coming out next year. So, look, in a sense, you're right, Ryan. They come out every other year, but it's where we have a Fast and Furious Presents this year. So, it's going to feel like they never left the silver screen Definitely. for a summer. Definitely. So, um, and and as I said, uh, part of the idea came from from just that banner alone. Um, and, and and it was felt that, that, that Chris Morgan felt that their banner, uh, it, it just seemed to to make sense, to make these two and give these two uh, a spinoff and, and develop these characters, give them a journey, give them, give them something more to do. And uh, I, I think that they succeed uh, in that over here. So I think that that timeline is really interesting. And for you, for those of you who are interested in, in writing Chris Morgan, uh, this is a really great, uh, article that I had found regarding uh, regarding this is from Creative Screenwriting, so you can find the entire article on this Creative Screenwriting. I'm just going to pick from a couple of uh, paragraphs here because I felt that that it was really interesting about you know wh- how he likes to write and what he does, and you know while working on Fast Eight, Morgan started to bounce ideas off of Johnson to come up with a general pitch for what would become Hobbs and Shaw. And in terms, and this is a quote of the story, what growth do we need to see out of these two guys? Uh, you have to bring them together with a job they can't do on their own, so you have to get them together. They didn't like each other too much uh, in, the, in the past few movies because one was a cop uh, in charge of taking them down. And what barriers do they have to overcome in order to, 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 to work together? And I really find this stuff uh, always interesting. Like, how do you take it from a Fast and Furious and bring it out so it's not necessarily a Fast and Furious movie, but it's its own entity? And meaning its own entity, you didn't necessarily have to see the previous Fast and Furious movies to go see Hobbs and Shaw. And that's one thing that I really enjoyed about this um about this movie. Um, Carter goes on, while I'm working in certain areas and working with the actors and dealing with a lot of production stuff, he can come to punch in the, the, um, the, the script. So we also had Drew Pierce um, was also helping out, and uh, in particular writing for Jason Statham. Now, Jason Statham, um, I noticed this in the credits, and I didn't know it before, but he's a producer on this movie. Did you know that? I, I, had, I had no idea that that Jason Statham and and it's not like executive producer. It's not like the title that you just get. Oh, okay, you can be an executive producer, that, which pretty much means you have very, very little say. He was actual. He was actual like producer of the movie. Well, it's so fascinating. I feel like The Rock. He, he might have taken that from uh, <clears throat> him and The Rock are very clever when it comes to the films that they act in lately. I mean, no they're such kidding. big stars that they have creative input on a lot of what they do, um, right. especially The Rock. I mean, he, yeah. he's half the reason half these projects get off the ground. But, I mean, you're right. It, just the fact that they had so much chemistry, they popped so much mm-hmm. on screen in the last two or three films, it, it was a no-brainer. Right. Yeah, and, and you're right. The, the Rock... You know, to his credit, and, and Jason Statham as well, 
they kind of taken sort of like this Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, uh, they took a page from his book, uh, meaning, you know, Schwarzenegger started off with these smaller movies. He became more and more popular, but then he started becoming more and more involved with productions, with writing. And, and the same goes for like a Sylvester Stallone, but he's always written a lot of his own screenplays, including Rocky, which he won the Academy Award for. But Schwarzenegger knew business and he knew, yeah, he, he was a great businessman. Uh, and much to, like you said, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, uh, all his years in wrestling. And then, you know, his first few movies uh, were produced by uh, the WWE. Uh, and when he was finally able to come out from underneath their umbrella and on his own, you're right, he he would take really different kinds of roles, but he learned the business. So, um, and Jason Statham is doing the same exact thing, but that's, you know what that means? It means longevity and career. (laughs) So that's, that's, it's a smart way to look at things, um, to do that. So, and you get a voice, um, which is really interesting because in the Hollywood reporter, and I thought that this was a great question, um, it was how hard is it, and this is asked Chris Morgan, how hard is it to say no to like a Vin Diesel or a Dwayne Johnson when they have an idea that you don't think will work? And this is all part of the collaborative process. And if you're a writer, if you're a director, this is always going to happen. And it all depends on too, your, your crew. How do you deal with this? And Chris uh, uh, Morgan's response was, I don't think it's that hard. He goes, my thing is, be honest. It's it's the great screenwriter survival tool, which is there is no no. There's yes and the yes but. It's a polite way to acknowledge the idea. Hear what it is. Is it better than yours? Then great. And if it's not, yes, but here's the thing about this. So I love that's That's a great tip. And I think it's a life tip, too, where... Like you don't necessarily always have to say no, and 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 saying yes is more powerful, anyways. And this is something I learned from my mentor, uh, Chachi Lepret from WBCN Radio. But if you can say yes, but uh, that's a really great life lesson, and it's really funny since we were talking about business aspects of The Rock and Jason Statham. So. Uh, what else do we have going on uh, in in Hobbs and Shaw? Well, one scene. Look, no Fast and Furious, and Ryan, you, you especially since five, since five, the laws of physics have literally gone out the window. It's gone out the window, right? It's gotten a little more fantastical. I'm surprised they haven't gone to space yet. Oh well, you know something, dude. Uh, it's very funny that you say that because from no. that same article, from that same article in the Hollywood Reporter, is there going to be a Fast and Furious in space? And Morgan says, "I will say, hmm, what's the best way to answer this? You'll have to wait and see. Wow. Listen, as long as the stakes are set up correctly, then I'm down for whatever. Listen, I ho- personally, they've already broken the laws of physics here, and they defy gravity." I don't think we need to go to space. I, think, I mean, not? I think the sky's the limit. They already defy gravity on 
gravity Earth. <laughs> what do we need to go to space for? But we shall see. And that is that answer, by the way, is, is not a no. <laughs> it almost seems like a yes, but we'll see. So I'm glad you asked that question. Uh, but where I'm getting at is since five, yes, they've become more fantastical, more special effects driven cars driving down buildings um, and and the like, and how you make it look real. I have to be honest with Hobbs and Shaw. They, too, have some spectacular uh, chase scenes. Uh, I think they're a little bit more... The chase scenes here reminded me a little bit more about Fast Five, where... Yes, they broke the laws of physics, but you kind of went along with it. It wasn't until like maybe the last movie where they just, at least for me, Fast and Furious, the last one was so over the top. It was it was kind of ludicrous. I didn't look at the I didn't look at Hobbs and Shaw as being as ludicrous. I did find it to be like. Yeah, check your brain in at the door. It was somewhat you can you can go with it and get okay. Yeah, right. So one scene in particular uh, is a scene that takes place towards uh, the end of the movie uh, during a final showdown, and there are um, there's a black hawk helicopter, and then uh, a convoy of trucks, and. The, the the helicopter like harpoons this one truck and tries to lift it away. And other trucks go in front of the other truck and they hook onto it. And the helicopter is having a hard time. I'll just put it that that way. It's to me, it was one of the showcases of this movie. It really worked and it looked great. Um and what I in my research, believe it or not, um it was they were really flying a real helicopter. Uh, they had an like an amazing, an amazing helicopter pilot. And uh, while the chain of trucks in that respect were partly CG for 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 scenes of action, uh, the helicopter pilot, uh, it, Jeremy Fry, uh, or, or I'm sorry, Fred North is the guy in the helicopter. He's a prolific helicopter pilot, and he was the aerial coordinator, and apparently he was really flying close to that first truck and doing whatever that helicopter was doing. Literally, it adds, knowing that now, kind of makes me want to go back to see this movie again, just to see the stunt work of that Black Hawk uh, helicopter. Listen, is it as crazy as what we saw in Fallout? Tom Cruise isn't flying the helicopter. Okay, Tom Cruise is the only he's the only nut job that's doing his own stunts. God bless him. Uh it, it, it's great and it adds to realism. This is a fast and furious movie where you where you kind of accept that they're using CG. So knowing that they weren't using CG necessarily for this particular scene in this helicopter, actually for me, it made the scene awesome. And uh, I think that you're really going to enjoy watching that if you have. Uh, yeah, I think you'll. I think you'll agree that 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 it's probably one of the best scenes in the entire movie. So, 
Uh, really love that, that that helicopter scene. So we talked some writing, a little bit of special effects and CG. There's something else that happens in the movie. And, and, and Ryan, here's where I apologize to you. Okay. Um, uh, first. Totally fine. Uh, and to the, you know, again, I warned you folks. Uh, unfortunately, Ryan can't put me on pause as much Spoiler as he'd love alert. to. <laughs> there you go. Red alert. Red alert. So uh, there are a lot of there. There are a couple of cameos uh, in this movie. So uh, and one of them. And, and it's really interesting. The, the cameos in this movie, to me anyways, are really fascinating because you can tell that they come from various actors and even the director. So should talk a little bit about who directed this movie. It's David Leach who recently did Deadpool 2. Okay. So Deadpool 2, I actually enjoyed Deadpool 2. Maybe not as maybe not be as good as the first movie, but still a fun movie. You you saw Deadpool 2, Ryan, right? I did, yeah. I'm a big fan of David Leach. I think he's a really tremendous director. And I think part of I think part of what's hard of directing a Deadpool movie is blending the comedy with some, you know, really fisticuff, bone-crunching action. Would you agree? But it works. I would totally agree. I mean, he has a stunt background. Yes. I mean, he, I think, had an unofficial credit for directing John, the first John Wick. Yes. Yep. He worked on John Wick. Uh Uh-huh. Atomic Blonde, correct? Yep. Uh Which might be the reason why... uh, oh my God! I'm blanking on her name. The actress in, in Hobson Shaw. Why she just has a, Vanessa. Vanessa. Uh, right. her, yeah. Why she has so many badass moments is because this guy Good. has experience doing that. He knows that, and 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 if anything, at least from my point of view, uh, he's able. Like when you're doing stunts and action, you need a beat and a rhythm to do it because it's all choreographed, right? Same goes for comedy. You have to hit certain beats and and make the comedy work. So for Deadpool, it was perfect, right? Um, especially when we met our other cast of anti-superhero people, like the scene where they're all getting killed. That, that was hysterical. He knows how to choreograph and he knows how to film that. And you see that here in Hobbs and Shaw, it literally, that that comedy from, say, Deadpool 2, it plays out very similarly, albeit in a PG-13 fashion, in Hobbs and Shaw. And that that was another reason why I appreciated Hobbs and Shaw. The comedy factor is way more than what you typically get in a Fast and Furious movie. But I wanted to talk about cameos. So, we talked David Leach, right? So, would you be really surprised when um when Ryan Reynolds shows up in the movie well you when you put the two together you go well of course he's going to be in this movie and he does a really good job he he's on Hobbs's team uh and Luke Hobbs uh and he plays a really great part and he's Ryan Reynolds and he's very funny and i just like the connection from Deadpool 2 and then and then he says yeah and there's a very big possibility that that Reynolds could end up in either another Hobbs and Shaw movie or even Fast and Furious movie. So another connection that we have in here. So we know The Rock. Um, the Rock has made many a movie recently uh, with with a certain Kevin Hart. You would say the Jumanji movies, which have been popular. So is it a surprise that Kevin Hart shows up in in Hobbs and Shaw? 
No, you got it was just a phone call away. And so his cameo, uh, believe it or not, his cameo, and it doesn't feel forced. So it's a really fun cameo. And yet again, he's playing a character that helps our two heroes uh, along their journey. And again, it's something that I wouldn't be surprised now that he's in this fast and furious universe. So uh, another, I'm going to say another, I'm going to say an actor. This one isn't so much a cameo. Uh, He's definitely a support. Doesn't show up until much later in the movie. And that is the actor Cliff Curtis. Cliff Curtis. He plays... um, he plays Hobbs' Samoan brother. You've seen this guy. He's a character actor. And most recently, you probably saw him in the Jason Statham star and sleeper of last summer, at least, because nobody expected the Meg to do the business that it did. But he was in the Meg. And he, too, is in this movie. So it's almost like the director and the two lead actors got to get people that they've worked with before <laughs> into their movie. And I got to say, it's kind of cool. I like this Cliff Curtis guy. Uh, he's he's always good. Uh, I remember him as far back as Live Free, Die Hard, and then some. He's a really great character actor. He's really good here. His character is not wasted at all, and neither is any of those cameos. I got to be honest with you. Ryan Reynolds was fantastic. Uh as 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 well as Kevin Hart and Cliff Curtis is really good as Hobbs Samoan brother. So uh some really fun cameos and at least trying to connect the dots as to how they may have gotten the gig. So um yeah, it's 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 a lot of fun. Ryan, again, my apologies for ruining the surprise. No, you're totally fine. But I do I do believe that even when you see them, you're it's it may take away from the surprise, but it won't take away from the enjoyment and the entertainment. So um, let's talk uh, what we always do, too. We talk a little bit about the box office. Um, at last tally, uh, it's Thursday night preview night. It did over $5 million. People are saying that it could do up from 50 to $65 million. Personally, I think 60 to 65 is extremely doable on this movie. The audience I saw it with, they really were into it. They they cheered. And being uh, accustomed to the Fast and Furious movies, much like you're accustomed to the Marvel movies, you got to stay for the end credits. Ryan, I'm telling you, stay for the end credits. I absolutely will. That I will not spoil for you. But stay for the end credits. You know what I'm talking about. It's They're, they're, they're kind of fun. So I think the movie, number one, it really does fit into this universe without being a Fast and Furious movie. There are some, not only are there some exceptional car chase scenes, but there are some amazing, great hand-to-hand combat scenes, too, that are filmed perfectly. David Leach does a great job uh, and, and a fun job in doing this. I think it's a welcome addition, and you don't even have to be a fan of Fast and Furious to at least enjoy the chemistry between Jason Statham and Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Uh, personally, I wouldn't mind seeing them in other movies together outside of the franchise. I think they're really good, and, and 
you can tell they enjoy uh, working with one another. And that's another thing in this movie. Everybody seemed to have a good time doing what they were doing, even if they were in a cameo role. So there we go. I think, uh, well, what do you think, Ryan? I mean, tried to cover a lot. You got it all, I think. With my, 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 my little old Olsen here, uh, Lonesome. Uh, like I said, we will be back. We will be doing more, and I hope to have panelists on for you so we can further dig deep into movies. Um, number one, to the audience, thank you very much for all your questions and your support. Even when we're down and on hiatus, I loved seeing that there was interest in this. Ryan, Stephen, Kevin, Jeff, thank you very much. Uh, because without you, uh, Anatomy would have never happened and it would have never had this renaissance. I appreciate it. I look forward to, to doing more reviews and diving in deep and doing Anatomy of a movie for you fine folk. Have a great time. See you at the movies. Always go to the movies and have a great time. Bye, all. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals. <laughs>